Fuck you, John Jones. Just doing our public service announcement here on uh, Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Are you washing your hands? That's the question of the day. I am so tired of hearing that already. I know it's part of our new way of life here in 2020 as we go through this COVID-19 pandemic. But uh, if you don't know to wash your hands by now, you're probably going to catch it. I mean, it's just... I. I I know you've got to dummy it down. I know because some people aren't paying attention. Some people aren't playing along. Some people are wondering why Chris and I are together. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Chris and I are separated by well more than six feet. And um, we're in an isolated area. No one comes in, no one comes out. So if you're going to bitch about why we're together here on this 481st episode of Unscripted, you know what I'm about to tell you, so I won't even bother. This is a feel-good episode of Unscripted, and we welcome you to the program. And before we get started, I do need to make mention, and, and uh, Chris will give me the latitude to do this. As we approach our 500th episode here on Unscripted, um, I need to ask a favor from all of you. And this is for Chris and my as well. But I'm asking a favor from all of you. Um, I met with a... a uh, podcast a uh, podcast winning producer this week told me some good things told me some bad things and some things I believe and some things I don't and um, the one thing that I do agree with him wholeheartedly is we need your help Um, Chris and I do this out of the love of doing it and the love of getting together but there are still bills to pay there are still things that that uh, we are responsible for to get this uh, these four episodes a week up for your listening pleasure. And, and I hope it's your listening pleasure because that's what it's all about. And ultimately, during this COVID-19 pandemic, we're running out of things to entertain us. And this is where I think one of the reasons that Chris and I continue to get together during this different time in, in our lives is that this gives you folks another entertainment avenue. Whether you like it or loathe it or you listen to it to see what I'm going to say or what Chris is going to say or whatever I say you think is total bullshit, whatever it is, we appreciate you listening, but we need your help. We've gotten to a point now where we're taking down suitable uh, and acceptable download numbers, but we need to improve those numbers if we want to take this show to the next level. And Chris had a goal when we started this uh, three years ago, he had a goal to get to a thousand episodes, and we're almost at halfway point there. We are 19 episodes. We're into the 19th episode short of 500. And so I am desperately pleading, asking, begging, whatever you, whatever you seem want to do, is to please subscribe to Unscripted, whether it's on our Patreon page where you could throw us a few dollars. We truly appreciate that. But the bigger number here, the bigger focus, as Chris and I discussed on Thursday evening, was we need your subscriptions. We need you folks out there on our nine different social media avenues. You know them all by now. Um, Twitter, 
uh, Chris, jump in uh, and Facebook, Facebook, Instagram. And- you can email us, of course, and then you can listen to our podcast on pretty much any podcast directory: Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes, Google, any one of them. Subscribe on all of them if you like, but just if you could subscribe, that is very, very helpful. It's free. It's one click, and it really helps us out. Yeah, if you can do that, that would be greatly appreciated um, because obviously the more subscriptions that we have makes us more prevalent, makes us more attractive to potential advertisers of our program. And ultimately, I'd like to see us go that way, where we get interested interested sponsors in our program and help with some of the financial responsibilities of Unscripted. And um, I would truly appreciate it. Chris would appreciate it. But I hope that uh, there's enough that we've proven to you folks at almost 500 episodes. We give a lot of content every week. We give a lot of opinions every week. And now I need your help. We need your help in taking this show to the next level, which ultimately we would like to have happen. And the easiest way to do that is one stop shopping, one click away, and that would be subscribing on one or all I'd prefer if you did it on every one of them, but if you did it on one, that would be greatly appreciated and um, we won't forget. And again, please leave comments. Go to our our uh, uh, unscriptedmc.com. Go to our homepage. Um, go there. Go to our Patreon page. You can go to our Patreon page. You don't have to pay. It would be nice if you did. You can leave us a few dollars. Uh, Chris has got different categories of programming but again um, and I'm going to keep mentioning this folks because I think that I have been lax in doing this I know I've been lax in doing this because I forgot and I got to be honest that I thought that you know I went back into some old radio mode days and I didn't have to uh, plead beg and borrow for downloads because in the radio business it's a little obviously it's a little bit different and that's what you have uh, affiliates for and they're paying the bills and I would get cut pieces of copy just to read saying you know XYZ builders um, you know whatever it is but this is a little bit different it came it was made crystal clear to me the other day that I need to step up my game in regard to asking for your help and uh, asking for you to take the time to subscribe to unscripted whether it be on our website or the eight or nine other different social media avenues that you can do. Um, I'm going to keep hammering this home because I want to take this show to the next level. And to do that, we need your help. So I'm going to keep doing public service announcements. And if you don't like it, I'm sorry. But until I see a significant boost, I'm going to keep doing it because we need your help. Um, A lot of things, even with the COVID-19 going on. We still have newsmakers and newsbreakers. And even though I guess this isn't technically breaking news, but it's the most newest version of news, let's say. Chris's favorite UFC fighter is in the news again. And I don't care if this guy is from Albuquerque, New Mexico or fucking Mars. I have really gotten to dislike this guy because he seems to keep 
kicking society and kicking the UFC and kicking all the people that have given him a second, third, and fourth chance in life. He seems to continue to kick them in the balls. And uh, you know who I'm talking about already. Um, this piece of, ain't put in your own word, training in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I don't care where he's from. Again, he could be from Mars. But John Jones is in the news again, and it's not for what he did in the octagon. He got into some trouble down in Albuquerque. And uh, I bring in the executive producer of Unscripted to update you and give his opinion on the latest and greatest from a very talented fighter, but shit for brains, John Jones. Yeah, even Dana seems to be getting tired of John Jones and his antics and even admitted that Reyes should have won that last fight. And I think that Jones should have lost the last two fights. And it seems like from what I've been able to ascertain it seems like both uh, Rochester New York and Endicott New York seem to be arguing over which uh, place he's actually from I don't think either one wants him that's from, Mike Tyson's uh, neck of the woods at one time too oh yeah uh, Catskills New Catskills, York yeah. yeah right yeah so anyway John Jones just just typical shit for this guy you can take the boy out of the hood <laughs> you know like finish, you can finish that there but so only John Jones could get into trouble when no one's supposed to leave their house. Like, (laughs) in a worldwide pandemic, people aren't even, you know, barely going to the store. People can't even go get their hair cut. And this guy somehow gets caught being... uh, Well over the legal limit. Drunk in public. Yeah, twice the legal limit. So they, they hear gunshots, the cops. They go and they see... I have no idea why. John Jones, for some reason, is sitting in his car with the car on, drunk a bottle of Mezcal open, hidden, you know, cleverly hidden behind the passenger seat. Like, whoa, great job. Like, with his 84 and a half inch reach, I'm sure that was hard to put it right there. Good job, asshole. So, and and so then he gets a DWI. He gets uh, having an open container. He gets possession of a weapon that he wasn't supposed to have. And, you know, this is going to be, I mean, he's got to be suspended. This will be his fourth suspension in about five years. Really? Yeah. And I mean, remember that one, the one suspension was supposed to be for four years. And then on appeal or whatever, they ended up basically making it time served 13 months by the time it all got established. And then he got to come back. They thought it was going to kind of wipe out his, his prime. But look, this guy has a problem. And, it's, and I've been saying it forever. And sometimes you just see someone, you know they're a piece of shit. And then other people have too much hero worship or just want to be, you know, cheering for a bandwagon winner or something like that. And they just refuse to see it or maybe they can't see it, which is which is hard for me to imagine that someone could look at John Jones and not see he's just absolute gutter trash. But he is going to keep doing this because he can't change. A leopard can't change its spots and he can't change. Uh, A buddy of mine who follows the UFC very closely called me the other day and said he had just seen an interview with John Jones where John Jones was talking all about how, oh, you know, I was young, I've changed, I'm different, I was all wild and crazy in my younger days. No, you're the same. You haven't fucking... I'm not, I'm not even saying that he was just straight up lying, although he easily could have been. I it, it, it would not surprise me at all to know that he's not introspective or self-aware enough to know what a piece of garbage he is. He probably actually believed that when he was saying that, oh yeah, I've actually changed. But he hasn't. He's exactly the same guy, and he's a horrible, horrible role model or representative of the UFC or of mixed martial arts. 
And we really need to have this guy lose for starters so he's not some sort of martyr. And again, it's really frustrating to me that he has straight up lost his last two fights, but yet somehow got the lucky win. He's garbage and he's rotten and he's never going to change. And uh, I mean, to me, he's a sociopath. He's a narcissist. He's just the absolute worst of sports. The great thing about sports, and we're, you know, all missing sports and appreciating sports more than we ever have right now. We all are really seeing, I think, how sports, especially the now canceled Tokyo Olympics or postponed till next year, I'm sure. The Olympics are the ultimate celebration of the human spirit. And when you deal with John Jones, you see how he is the exact opposite of the human spirit. He's some sort of horror movie, you know, to me. And he is just everything that humanity should not be. And uh, if it wasn't for his fortunate genetics, because both of his brothers pay, play in the NFL. Oh, really? Yeah. His, so his brother is Chandler Jones. Holy shit. He's got talent. Oh, and, and, football and also Chandler Jones also just paid out of his own pocket for 150,000 meals for people during the COVID-19 crisis while his brother is sitting getting drunk in a car. Well, he's being a hypocrite too because this is the greatest thing. Sometimes you criticize a guy and you just hate a guy viscerally for some reason and then deep down you think, you know what, maybe I just have been too hard on this guy. And then you see what he did where the other day he did a PSA essentially where John Jones... Uh, was telling people how important it is to stay inside and do your part and social distancing and, and not leave the house because it's the pandemic and you have to do your part to stay inside and we're all going to stay inside. And then he goes outside drinking and driving. That's what he left the house for. He didn't leave the house for toilet paper. He left oh. the house to go drinking and driving. Fuck you, John Jones. You are the worst thing in sports and I hope you get your ass kicked one of these days and people can forget about your sorry ass. If you are just joining us as... Um we welcome you to this 481st episode of Unscripted. And again, I'm going to keep pestering you folks about subscribing to Unscripted. We need your help. Um, we'll continue to do that. Later on in this week of shows, Chris and I have put lists together of our top 10 sports highlights of all time. And we'll dedicate episode number 482 to that. And I'm looking forward to that. Chris will have a very unique one. Mine will be pretty much as you've expected, as you've listened to me now for 480 previously produced episodes of our program. I'm very loyal to my favorite teams and where I'm from, and you will see that in my top 10 list. Chris's will be much more thought-provoking, much more uh, outside the box. Mine, you know, will involve Wisconsin teams. It's just the way it is. Um, Chris had made mention this week that the Olympics have been postponed until 2021. It was the right thing to do. My God. And, it, you know, when Canada... Yeah, good for and, Canada for taking the lead, yeah. Canada took the lead in this, and there was a couple others that, that jumped right on the bandwagon as soon as Canada did by saying that they were not going to send athletes to Tokyo for the 2020 games, if it was going to stay starting July the 24th. Thankfully, somebody woke up and, and uh, woke the boys up there and said, listen, we need to postpone this. Postpone it one year, what's the difference? At this point... Yeah, no, that's an easy one. The that's Olympics an easy are, one. That's the easiest That's the thing. easy one. Now, they are going to lose big money. I get that. Everybody's losing money right now. Well, okay. But, but... I, but 
it, it's That's a fact of the matter. One. And then there's, they still have three years till the next Olympics, so it's lots that. of time still. So the Olympics are the easiest one for me. It, it, it's an easy to make the, make the decision to postpone it, but we're all losing money here, folks. I mean, every day. And this is why I have a real feeling that these NBA owners and NHL owners and uh, the ones that aren't big-time billionaires, like the Steve Ballmers of the world that's, that paid $400 million this week for a building that's been around since the 1950s. He, he spent $400 billion on the old Inglewood Forum, the Great Western Forum in Los Angeles. He spends four, writes a check. The deal was $400 million in cash. Um, that's pocket change that's for him. That's pocket change for him. So he can, he can wait this out for the longest time. Uncle Eugene, though, in Ottawa oh, yeah. may start pressing if he gets to the point where this goes 30, 60, 90 days or whatever it is, or they just cancel the whole shooting match. Now, Ottawa isn't making the postseason. I get that. But I think as we get longer into this, there are going to be less fortunate owners that are going to be pushing the panic button that they need to get these doors open and get their games back on television and back you know, for people to attend. And I think at the very least, when these games do come back, and the reason I'm saying this is because I saw this week the Korean baseball organization, KBO, where Eric Thames was for a couple of years, earned himself a ticket back to the States to play with the Brewers the last couple of years. But the KBO has started again, but they've started with empty stadiums and every person in uniform, whether you're on the field or on the bench, has a mask on. I think that's going to be the wave of the future right now, folks. I really do. If you want to see these games played, I think that's the way ultimately it's going to happen. But uh, we saw U.S. Open golf uh, postponed this week, which was the smart thing to do. They were supposed to be at, I believe, Wingfoot this year, which is in the state of New York, which has been one of the hardest hit areas uh, for this coronavirus, has been the New York area. And just so you know, the United States surpassed everybody yesterday in the most cases of the COVID-19. So, um, and regardless, I got to do this. I know, I know you're, you know, and, and the, the uh, acting or the uh, current sitting president of the United States has done wonderful things for the economy. But to make any, to make a statement this week that on Wednesday of this week, that everything was going to be back to normal, all the borders are going to be re- reopened. On April the 12th. That was what he wanted. It's not, yeah. he didn't guarantee it or anything. He shouldn't have said it. Yeah. He, he shouldn't he, have said he it. He wanted it by Easter is what he wants. But yeah, he well, said he said that was wishful thinking. He admitted he that. He should not have said that. And I'm not going to get into a long drawn argument because I know you're a Trump guy and I like some of the things that Trump does. But when he came out and put a date on this and people are, are not, you know, this is tough. Sitting at home is tough. And we have to do it. But to put a date on it, that was ridiculous. That was a mistake, for sure. Um, uh, We could do a whole episode, but I'm not going there. Um, Olympics, good. U.S. Open golf has been postponed. Kentucky Derby has been postponed until at least September. My question to Mr. Fluke is, when do we hear something that the world's biggest outdoor show, the Calgary Stampede, is canceled? Well, I mean, just for anybody who thought there was nothing good about the COVID-19 virus, you know, we just have to wait until the day that the Calgary Stampede is canceled, and then we'll throw COVID-19 a party, and with them as the honored guest. Hey, welcome, COVID-19. Thank you so much for spoiling the Calgary Stampede and making us not look like a white trash festival carnival city. 
And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, that would be the one nice thing about about this disease, honestly, because the Calgary Stampede is just uh, horrific. I, there's neat things. I mean, uh, my wife and I all sometimes watch the Chuck Reagan, the Chuck Wagon races on TV or something, and they're like, whatever, it's it's something neat. But yeah, I mean, it's not like I can't imagine another time in my life where I would ever go and wander around at the Calgary Stampede. Would you? When um, <clears throat> somebody was paying the bill. You know, years ago when the when they they would take a bunch of us down there and you know pay our bill, pay for everything, pay for everything. Oh, okay. I mean, but I would never, never, ever, ever, ever pay to get in, just to go walk around the grounds and that kind of crap. No, I would never. I, do I've that. I've lived here since '99, so so I mean, I mean, and then I was basically going for two. So I I pretty much would have been here for every summer since the summer of '01 because I went home for the summer of 2000. So, uh, except for the summer of, no, I was, I was here for pretty much every stampede except 04, uh, since 01. And I think in my life, I've gone to the stampede twice, three I've times. I've been here since 97. Uh, my first stampede would have been the summer of 98. Um, and most summers until the last couple of years of, of, uh, financial, uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I've gotten out of town for the stampede. Now, when the economy was booming here and uh, development was going crazy, and we sold a '93, uh, a '93 lot single-family phase in three days back in 2005, because when oh, the economy is good here, it's it's unbelievable. Um, yeah, I went to the stampede because a kid go or a marmot or somebody was paying for me to be there. And they'd pay for the ticket to get in and they'd take care of all your booze and take care of all your dinner and all this other stuff. And it was just, sure. it was a reason to go to a, a, uh, basically a Calgary Flames game, except it was outdoors. Uh, how, but, is, how is Kidco not a clothing store for children? That, that name, sorry, <laughs> yeah, they but, really needed to have a different name. Kidco? Listen, I, I know all the players at Kidco. Uh, Ken Renton is their, is their founder and uh, he's got... He's just an unbelievably wealthy man, and you see all the Kidco equipment out there doing the new west, the west end of the Stony Trail project. Um, Kidco is doing unbelievably well, but these are all contractors you use to do your underground utility installation, or to do your stripping and grading, and and do whatever that you do as a developer. So you get you build relationships with these guys, and when things are good, you go to Vegas, you go to Phoenix, you go to Palm Springs, you go to san diego to play golf and you go to the stampede in july and get drunk on their dime and and you go to i used to go to probably 10 or 12 flames games a year and i don't remember the game i was at i don't remember the final score i remember the teams that were there but i was there because in a box oh for hell yeah yeah yeah. hell yeah yeah i hear about some of the obstructed obstructed seat views up at the at the saddle dome in downtown calgary and i i have no no, I have no no I have no knowledge about that because every game that I ever went to in the Flames was always in somebody's box. Yeah, which is a really nice way to watch a hockey game, mm-hmm. especially when the product is in Flames red. Um, I I don't know, I, you know, um, but I do want to. This was kind of funny. Uh, I will talk in later episodes this week. We've got a number of them to do this week as we get together for our weekly time. And again, here on this 481st episode of Unscripted, I will have some things that I've thought about 
that I think that we could improve baseball if baseball does ever come back. But I wanted to throw this out at you. And I, and I was prefacing this by saying that the Olympics have now been postponed. The U.S. Open golf has been postponed. Uh, the Kentucky Derby has been postponed until September. Um, Keith Oberman, I don't know if you ever know, I don't know if you know that name, mm-hmm. but Keith Oberman, um, made his name in sports back in the nineties, um, by co-hosting ESPN sports center. And they made it famous. Him and Dan Patrick were famous at that time as, as the two guys that, uh, were really instrumental at, uh, in, in regard of putting sports center on ESPN to another level. Well, Oberman still dabbles every now and then. Of course, Patrick has his own thing now, but Oberman still does some work every now and then, kind of, I call it consulting work for ESPN. And he came out, and see, he's a he's a baseball junkie. He's a baseball junkie. He can tell you who the starting nine was of the 1886 Cincinnati Redlegs, and he's going to be right. I, I got to give him props for that. But he's come out with a scenario for the start of baseball season. And his scenario is start the baseball season September 1st. And you have a 32-game regular season. You have the divisions, five teams, four teams, whatever it is, in each division, you just play your division opponents. So a total of 32 games, you just play your division opponents, and then you go right into the playoffs. So you spend, let's say, the first, obviously, the month of September and then a couple of extra days into October, finishing a 32-game regular season just again. So in the American League East, for example, you would just have the Yankees play the Red Sox, the Yankees play the Blue Jays, the Red Sox play the Orioles, and yada, yada, yada. That's all you'd have play each other. And you take each division winner, and they make the postseason. The postseason starts, let's say, first week of October. You have a division series. You probably have a whatever. I, I, I didn't get to that. I was just interested in the 32-game season. Um, and then I think there's a, there's a couple of reasons for this. Way back when, when there were only how many teams in baseball, teams would never see each other. They were, there was no such thing as interleague play. They didn't have enough teams. But basically, you'd play the teams that were in, like in the American League and the National League. You'd play all those teams. But then ultimately, you wouldn't see the team from the other league until the world series. And I think that's what Oberman is saying here. Beat up on each other for this really condensed 32 game season. You're how many divisions are there? Uh, what? Uh, six, right? Six or eight, whatever. No, it'd be six in six, baseball. Six in baseball. Yeah. So you have uh six division winners. They, you know, have a best of three. Then you get it down to this and you get it down to that, whatever. Um, maybe you make it up to eight and you have a wild card on each side. I don't know how you do it, but whatever, whatever way you do it. But, um, you don't see, and I think this is partly was construed of the idea of trying to keep people from killing the Houston Astros. Think about it. The Houston Astros and the Yankees wouldn't play or the Houston Astros and the Red Sox wouldn't play until they met potentially in the, you know, in the playoffs. Um, you potentially wouldn't have, you potentially wouldn't see it. You wouldn't see the Dodgers and the Yankees and, or any interleague play. You wouldn't see an American league team and a national league team play until they made it to the world series. Um, I think baseball is going to start before September. I really do. Uh, but if it doesn't, 
I kind of like this. I think it'd be kind of interesting to see uh, the division heads beat the hell out of each other for 32 games. And then we get into a postseason with six division champions. Let's put two wild cards to make it an even eight, and that'll make it a lot easier for the playoff round. But um, I found this interesting, and I think this is the kind of out-of-the-box out thinking that these guys, that these, these decision-makers in the Big Four, the National Hockey League, the NBA, the NFL, um, and uh, the NBA are all going to have to they're going to have to get very creative whether they can start or continue with the current season that they're in right now in the NBA and the National Hockey League or how they're going to start their next seasons if they are to postpone these seasons. I think, I think it's just this kind of out, outside-the-box thinking that's going to help try to get some of our sports back sooner rather than later. Well, Gary Bettman's been saying for a while that they've had a they've made making plans in place for every contingency. Everything's on the table. He said they've got literally they set a plan for okay if the NHL started next week they have a plan. If it started the week after that they have a plan. The week right. after that they have a plan. Like they know exactly what they're going to do allegedly, and they're always refining it. But they've got uh, what they you know what the, what their plan is no matter when it goes. And the NHL it's well known they have been. Uh, talking to arenas about arena mm-hmm. dates in August, and, and it's well known that. So I have guaranteed, I guaranteed last week on this program, that the Stanley Cup will be awarded in 2020. I guarantee it. They will do it. They've com- almost completed the season, and they're going to find a way to award it one way or the other. They're not going to play 70 games and then just have nothing happen, and then just start the next season. They will. They would rather delay that season and uh, just make it more condensed or cut off a few games or something, they would rather do that than just not award the cup. When I mean, if the season was only 10 games in, maybe that, that's different, and then you lose a year or something. But when you've played 70 games, they want to award the cup. They're going to award the cup, and I believe in them. With baseball, the risk that baseball runs, if you have a 32-game season, uh, you know you risk actually making baseball more exciting and interesting and making people not want to see 162 games because that's always been a detriment and that's something they should have corrected a long time ago. That's way too many games. It doesn't make any sense. They should have more teams in the playoffs and they should have more playoff games and more excitement and also have, especially in a league where there's no parity. When you have such a top-heavy league and you have the big teams and you have the poor teams, uh, then you can't you can't have that type of a league have so few playoff teams. It's just ridiculous. I mean, we've often said teams are, you know, it's the spring and teams are basically eliminated. It's it's totally silly. If you're going to have a top-heavy league, then you have to have lots of playoff teams. If you're going to have parity, then it doesn't really matter. You can get away with a few teams or a lot of teams. Either way, it's fine. But baseball has so many problems. Baseball needs a hard salary cap. They need a pitch count. They need all sorts of, uh, or a pitch, uh, sorry, they need a pitch clock. Pitch clock yeah. They need all sorts of things. And uh, they're just a mess, and they certainly do not have the right guy in place to fix it. Well, we've got a run on this 481st episode of Unscripted. Uh, coming up on our next episode, as I promised, we're going to go through our top 10 uh, sports highlights of all times. Chris and I have both uh, put a list together of our top 10 sports highlights of all time. But I just, again, wanted to remind you that uh, I am asking desperately for your help today um, in regard to uh, subscribing to one or all of our different social media avenues. You can obviously start at our website, which is unscriptedmc.com. 
And you can go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page, our Apple, uh, the TuneIn page, Google Play, Spotify, just to name some of them. I hope I have most of them. If not, well, you can. I apologize, but that's the list. And I'm asking, just preaching almost, to uh, have you folks please take the time to click on the subscribe button and uh, really help us out here at Unscripted with Mike and Chris. We truly appreciate it if you could help us out in this small small way, but really the ramifications could potentially be huge for Chris and I. Having said all that, for the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fook, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.